This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. We have an amazing guest today. I was uh, on LinkedIn and somehow popped up a video uh, by this very intriguing woman talking about trees and tree roots. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for things like the Discovery Channel and whatnot. So I was immediately interested, but very engaged by the presenter. And then I realized that this presenter teaches all different types of topics. And so I got more interested and I looked deeper. And so today we have a very special guest, the edupreneur, who is an educational trendsetter. She's a parent and youth coach, a leadership development professional, in addition to many other things, Judy Julin. Welcome to the show, Judy. Well, hello, Russ. I'm so happy to be here and honored that you invited me. I can't wait to dive in and see what topics we discuss. Well, it's going to be fun. As you know, I consider myself a product of non-traditional education. I've always labeled myself that. I'm not sure if that's an actual category. It may be these days, but I never really felt like I got what I needed when I was in high school or even college. And as an entrepreneur, I was out selling products, graphics and signs and logo designs and anything I could create, menus and local bars, all kinds of things. And of course, that was uh, the days of uh, analog. So that meant it was very much like a trade. In in many cases, um, I was painting signs uh, from small signs to huge ballpark billboards and doing it by hand. Um, There was no digital at that time. So uh, that kind of dates me, but I had to teach myself all of those skills, and there were many, plus the skills to be able to run a business. And those also included many um, skills uh, that we might call soft skills today. I call them power skills, even simple things like uh, communicating with another human. So I wasn't good at almost any of those when I started. And it seemed to me, at least I wasn't aware of it at the time, if it was available, that all of the things that I needed, I had to figure out on my own. And if I got lucky from someone else or at the library. So I've had somewhat of a negative view of the standard educational system, and uh, but to put everything on a positive spin, tell me what you've been working towards all these years, because you had mentioned to me that you've been considering yourself an edupreneur since the 80s. So tell me about your concept of education and where it's been, where it needs to go. Wow. I'd love to talk about all those things, Russ. Thank you so much. Uh, Before I move into that wonderful array of topics that you and I can discuss, I'd like to unpack a little bit about your experience. Okay. Growing up in education as a creative, as a sensitive, as a um, certainly someone who uh, lived from their heart when perhaps that wasn't uh, the safest thing to do in schools and maybe not feeling that you fit in. Uh, But one of the cornerstones that I even today rest solidly on is that every one of your experiences, as you as you mentioned to me, that you might not have felt that you fit in, that you went into another class where you felt the older kids and you felt better there, that, right. that you, you found your own way. And through finding your own way, it's made you, Russ, the big guy, yeah. everything that you can bring to your clients today in consulting. That's right. So it's, it, it might... You know, we think about success, we think about whether it's success in business, success in education, success in parenting. The success is in the process of who you are becoming even to this moment. Oh, I love it. And so rather than we think about the end result or the, the, you know, the gold watch after retirement or um, the the billion dollar um, tech company um, founder, it's about who you are inside, how you treat people, how you model to the children and the coworkers and the family members in your midst that I believe is the true 
educational barometer for uh, learning uh, optimally, you know, creating our, our, our personal development strategies. So rather than think about school from eight to three, um, kindergarten to high school, then um, college and doctorates to businesses as a startup and, and midterm and IPOs, let's break all these silos. And it's all learning all together, all the time, all abilities. And we're, whether we're doing it in our homes, with our kids, in our schools, in our businesses, with our coworkers, in our remote remote working lives, with our hybrid learning kids, it's all learning. So that's my big thing today. And I've done it in a lot of different ways. I'm creative as well and a business person. And I love business structures. I love I love creative and um, empowered leadership. I love collaboration. So all that I've been doing most of my adult life, uh, even when I took some time off to be married and have fun and play golf, was I was still <laughs> learning. So it's it's all it's all a big um, big uh, a, an ocean of learning for me from all kids, all abilities, all ages, intergenerational, all together, all countries, all the time. Yeah, I, I I love what you're saying. I I agree. I I consider myself a lifelong learner. I have some sort of a an appetite for it. I like to read. It's one of the anecdotes. Is even when I was a kid, if we go to a museum or on vacation to the touristy spots, you know, see like Ripley's. Believe it or not, I'd be the last one out. I I was reading all the plaques. I was reading all the information, trying to you know trying to absorb and remember everything. Um, and sort of like, that's how it's always been. I used to read the encyclopedia when I was a kid and, um, <laughs> this is kind of weird, I guess, but, um, my uh, younger brother did the exact <laughs> same thing. And I thought it was wonderful. I just wish I could, I wish I could retain more than I do. I absorb usually a little nugget here and there. Uh, I read a book and I don't remember 98% of it, but I get a nugget or two every time. And that, and that usually sticks. I love everything you're saying. What do we do about the people who don't have the desire or the curiosity or that appetite or um, are just sort of happy where they are? Do we leave them, just leave them be? Do we let them just live their own lives and the rest of us continue to learn and grow? Or Great question. Within that answer, I'm going to reflect back on what you just said about your reading retention. Yeah. And I'm exactly the same way. In fact, I'm exactly the same way when I want, I'm a very big movie buff. I, I, mean, I you know, came to Hollywood and I, oh. lived, I, I launched my first business in Hollywood at the Hollywood Highland Center for Kids. So I'm a big, big movie fan. And yeah, me too. Here's the thing. We, I don't know it, why we think that we have to retain certain things or remember everything yeah. to be a, a nourishing, complete experience. If you just got one or two nuggets, maybe that's all you needed to get, and that's gonna that's gonna put itself in your repertoire of of tools, of knowledge, of insights that you bring to the world, to your family, to your consulting clients. So it, it's almost like, hey, if someone's happy where they are in life, maybe that's the biggest thing for me is at the earliest point possible to match youth with their unique soul expression, which could mean mm. they're a, a brilliant mathematician. Uh, they like to, um, you know, they like to write. They like to build things, whatever it is. I, I believe in my heart, Russ, that everybody yeah. has their unique soul expression. And let's find that and let's pattern customized child-centric interest-led learning events and experiences for all kids and make it fun. You know, I'm a big proponent of gamification because that's where kids are today. And I yeah, want to meet sure them are. right where they are. Yeah. And as you say, bring those soft skills, bring those business skills. Maybe they're not interested in business. Maybe they just want to be a fun person that likes to play all day long. Well, hey, let's let's see how we can make a life out of playing. Let's integrate playing into what they're doing. So that's one of the things we do with HR companies now, Russ, with um, remote learning parents who have hybrid learning kids. We coach the parents to make their, their optimal um, work life space harmonious with their families and their kids. You know, people have been, you know, locked up for <laughs> well over a year now. And let's bring them back with kind, loving, compassionate 
diversity-oriented socialization skills. And let's do it through, whether it's online, so we have services for kids ages 2 through 17 online. We have pop-up learning experiences in nature, socially distanced for those that need it. And we also help the parents with communication, with organization, with a growth mindset, and mastering their mindset. Because kids feel the mindset of their parents before they even speak, their emotional emotional temperature. So let's work on the interiors of we adults so that we can encourage and model to the youth our optimal selves. And then that will play out in their lives as well. Oh my gosh, yes. Is, is the current educational system, what we might call the traditional education system, have they been jolted into some new paradigm as a result of uh, COVID. And along with that, and I know I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, my wife is a college professor and we have a younger daughter who has been connected to music ever since she was little and has always shown a proclivity to be um, creative, to have that connection to music, to produce music, to be all the things that you would think that you know, would go along with that. And sure enough, she wanted to leave high school in the middle of 10th grade. And she was in a, in a studio writing and recording her first album. She finished high school on a computer at home, got her diploma. And then we, as we were talking about the possibility of college, she didn't want to go. And I thought, oh my gosh, my wife, the college professor is going to really fight against this. I mean, this is what she does. And she was a hundred, 180 degrees opposite. She was completely supportive, and based on her experience with youth, she knew that many of them shouldn't even have been in college. They're wasting their time and money. And so we supported my daughter Brenna in other ways. She learned through instructors that we hired, experiences that we um, manipulated that she, so that she could be in, um, and there were dozens and dozens of different types of things. Now, for us, we were lucky because we had the resources and the intellect to be able to put some of this together. Not everyone has that. Not every parent has that benefit. So they would rely on the public school system. All right, so that brings us back. Is the traditional education system stepping up? And if so, what are they doing right and what do they need to do? Wow, I loved, I loved hearing your personal story with Brenna because that really brings it home for a lot of people. We yeah. can talk about lofty subjects like educational reform, which is near and dear to my heart. When you, Russ, and your wife really, really came together to, to support Brenna in, in what was obviously her love and her desire to move into the field of, of biz, uh, music, I think it's thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, We've got this uh, already outdated industrial age system of learning that wasn't serving our kids before the pandemic. <laughs> That's right. 40 and years ago, it you, wasn't. Uh, when And longer. When yeah. you talk about federally mandated common core standards that are kind of a one size fits all cookie cutter approach, which oh, I'm God. not sure if it ever really served us, we're going to do it differently. And we're going to think about what's really important as you're, as you're in um, quarantine with your families and the dynamics of relating to one another and seeing the, the special gifts and unique talents and abilities of your kids, understanding how you yourself as a, an adult can change and evolve and grow and perhaps look at unhealed things in your own childhood as a parent that maybe you're reenacting out or what you think you should be doing as a parent, as opposed to listening to your heart. So a big, big move from, as we're moving out of this industrial age system of education, yeah. it's, it's you know, uh, um, Viacom CBS did a study that parents uh, coming out of this, they want more customization. They want more social skills. They want more nature. They want more culturally responsive curriculum. For their children. And absolutely. Okay. All ages. Gotcha. Mostly, mostly though, it's customized. And that's one of the things that we do with um, my company, Wild Learning Lab, which is a, a non-educational nonprofit. We um, offer, and we have for many years all over the world, customized social and emotional learning, culturally responsive, uh, and personal development for all ages and parents. So I talk about in one of my videos on LinkedIn and, of course, on my YouTube channel, it's that vital triad between parent, teacher, and child. So to have that 
triad of working together, everybody kind of knows what's going on. So the same kind of languaging and learnings and modeling opportunities can be happening in the home to support the school and the child. And I've offered one more component to that, and that is the workplace. Because we're seeing with with parents working out of the home, we've got all this underutilized office space where we can now stage learning pop-ups for kids right where their parents work sometimes. So we're, we're finding to rethink and reuse retail and office spaces for new venues for learning and learning in nature. The people that I talk to, it's really hard for those kids that have to wear masks and be tested and oh not really, you know, it's, it's, it's so it's, 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 some things are happening and can't speak to all over the world. I do have business partners, educational colleagues in Mumbai, India. They're telling me that there's new things that we want to learn. And the most important thing is to gauge it to the child and the student's interest, like you did with Brenna, that what are they interested in? What are their special gifts and talents? Are they are they specially abled? Do they have ultra-sensitive capacities within them that we want to really, what can we learn from them as opposed to, to kind of trying to put information into them? Let's draw forth that which is already inside of them. Uh, I just, I can't help but think back to when I was young. And I guess I never really felt like I was getting... Well, I don't think I had a, um, wow, this is almost like a therapy for me here right in this minute. So, <laughs> so I'm, this is making me think back to when I was young and the interesting thing was, I'm pretty sure that I, I didn't get a lot of what I needed. And as a youth, even in college, I didn't really know what I needed. Like, it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. Um, it's very interesting. I hear the frustration from educators. I know a lot of teachers, elementary, high school, college. And I think they're as frustrated as even in other industries, doctors in the medical industry. They don't like the way the systems are, but they don't really have a way out. They're trying to pay the bills and trying to feed their family. So what's the answer? I I know that there are many programs uh, since the STEM and STEAM have started, and there are entrepreneurial programs now, which I'm very excited about, because that is a little more along the lines of what you're talking about, I think. So there are kids who have that spark, and then there is a program for them. And it may not be part of the mainstream, or it may be, I don't know how it's all set up. But I like the idea of the entrepreneurial part of it. We just did some work um, in Croatia uh, in 2019, pre-pandemic with Mind Valley. We were there for a month and had over 160 kids from, I don't know, 30 or 40 different countries, ages 2 to 17, and we had all kinds of programs. My team and I were there for a month. The Mind Valley flew us there, seven of us. Wonderful. And what we found was even some of these kids didn't speak English, but when you meet them where they are with authentic uh, communication and collaborative mindset, it's amazing what can happen. I wanted to just bring to your listeners and to you also, I do a lot of work uh, in the field of um, regenerative education. And you can look that up online. It's a, I think this is where we're moving. I'm hoping we are. I'm, I learn all that I can about it and integrate it into what we're doing with Wild Learning Lab. And it's a conversation and a question that what if we transform education into a process of collaborative wisdom? Concepts of listening into wholeness. These are things that perhaps are not the regular educational jargon. Yeah, what is that now, Judy? Listening into wholeness. Listening into wholeness. It's about quieting your experience down and starting to see and sense and feel and embody what is trying to emerge. You know, we're so busy. (laughs) We're so busy trying to figure out this and that, and we could do this and but but quiet. It's it's slowing down. Yeah. I just I, I just did a LinkedIn post that I'm doing tomorrow. That's all about um, you know being present, presencing. Yeah. And when when we slow it down and don't teach to the test and don't try to just get so much in, teachers are going to be happier. Parents are going to be happier. Kids are going to feel perhaps like you didn't seen actually seen like the movie Avatar. I see you. And we when we feel seen and when we feel safe, what's going to emerge? Maybe it's going to be something that's oh, completely out of our imagination that we hadn't even thought about. So basically, I'm pointing yes. towards regenerative education. Yes. Let's slow down a little bit yes. and listen to what is trying to emerge with authentic listening. One of my favorite 
favorite coaching questions, just in general for life. If life is happening for you, not to you, what is what is trying to emerge? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh my gosh, I got goosebumps. Yes, mm. so many people go from day to day, from activity to activity, never really thinking, never stopping, never taking a breath. So, uh, one of the great advantages of this uh, of this pandemic, people were forced to stop. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and and absolutely think about well, what is this all about? What's happening? What do I want? Yep. You know, yeah, where am exactly. I going? Where have I, what have what I been doing? What do I doing? want and where am I going? And right. as opposed to, well, of course, gratitude is a big part of that. If yes. we can sit in gratitude and start to, because our imaginations of all ages are is so powerful. If we can imagine oh. and speak to what we want and our words are so powerful oh, and really too. start to pay attention to <laughs> what our words are saying. Yes. Every time something comes out of your mouth, you're creating. So let's model to our kids what we want in our languaging with a big open heart and collaborative mindset. Love it. Oh my gosh. Love it. Is there anything happening now in our educational system that people should be excited about that they can support, <clears throat> you know, like those STEM programs or, um, or do you have programs that are in, in our school systems? What's the thing that's bubbling up? What's the, what's the seed that's just like taking roots because of where we're at right now? Well, if I tell you, Russ, what's the good thing that's emerging, it might not sound <laughs> like you are prepared to hear. Oh. It's almost like the butterfly in the chrysalis. Yeah. What's emerging now doesn't look great. And sometimes doesn't feel great. Every single system in our world is kind of looking a little chaotic, a little uncertain, a little, um, you know, in the chaos theory, there are systems emerging. So where our educational system is in a state of great flux right now, we're finding that it's not working as we had hoped. Oh, let's just get the kids back to school and it'll be great. And there's no going back. What we're finding is we need to get into conversations at the local level with our school boards, with our teachers, with our parents. And by the way, let's include the youth at appropriate ages. What is it that they want? What What if you were asked, Russ, back in middle school or high school, even though you might not have known, if you yeah. would have felt safe and listened to and heard, it's amazing what you might have found. Oh, I'd, I'd like to go to that other class. I'd like to be with those older kids. Yeah. I'd like to do some artwork. I'd like to, I, I like to laugh. I want to do some comedy or improv or, yeah. you know, or uh, give me some time to figure it out and let's do it together. So I think conversations are starting. What we do with my educational nonprofit is we First of all, we talk with the parents and we give them a uh, an intake questionnaire that's quite comprehensive. What's your home life like? What's what's your child's learning style? What are their special superpowers? What's your communication style in the home? And we take from from that questionnaire, we give our recommendations for specific does your child like YouTube? Does your child like gaming? Does your child like um, natural healing modalities? Does your child like numbers? Does your child have a have a, a great capacity to um, understand people's emotions, their empaths? We take all that information and then we meet with the parent and child over Zoom or if they're local and we offer, right now it's considered um, enrichment because they're already going to school, but what are they, what were you missing, <laughs> Russ? And, we'll, and we will develop oh that. Gosh. I have a whole team it, of I'm providers. So, I'm that, sorry, but what you're talking about is is logical and reasonable and makes 100% perfect sense to me. And that should be the curriculum. It shouldn't here, be. An, it shouldn't be an enrichment. That should be the curriculum for that and, student. And I, I agree with you. And I've. Oh you say, gosh. do I have programs in the schools for the last yeah. twenty plus years? I have um, talked with, presented to. I've been in Head Start. I've been in LAUSD. Yeah. Um, they, they, they couldn't hear it. They weren't ready to hear it. Humanity wasn't ready. But you know what? We're Russ, ready because now. Because of the pandemic, they're ready now, and we're ever so ready. We've been fine-tuning. We work with kids and parents and teachers, and we have psychologists and psychiatrists that oh, are open wow. to new ways of being. So we're ready to hit the ground running, and, and I'm happy to say that I love the people I work with. They're heart-centered, and they. the most important thing with all of them, Russ, is the kids are the most important thing. Oh, so the edu- educators I know 100%. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, not the ones that I had necessarily when I was in, in high school because there were a lot of burnouts in there that should not have mm-hmm. been teaching. But mm-hmm. And I recognize that as a teenager. But uh, the ones that I know now, for the vast majority, 
um, they love the kids. And they're not yes. in it for the money, obviously. And uh, they're in it for the for the uh, joy that they get out of it and for their feeling of fulfillment and making a difference and their love for the kids. The good news is yeah. they can be in it for the money because we are all about changing the entire compensation model for our providers and teachers that we want to elevate them and make it worthwhile and pay them what they're worth. So we're, we're changing that whole paradigm as well as compensation for those that are training our future leaders of the world. Oh, amen. All right. So what I want to do is just pause right now because I'm hoping that someone out there is excited about what we just talked about in the past, like literally uh, 90 seconds. So that person is excited, an educator, I don't know, an administrator, a parent, how do they connect with you right now? All right. Is it an email, a phone number? Give me something. I'm, we're going to leave it right in here, right in this spot in the in the uh, podcast. Awesome. So I'm. Um, I live and work in sunny Santa Monica, California. They can call me. I can give you my phone number. Go ahead. They can contact. My phone number is seven six zero five seven nine two five six eight. Or they can email me at Judy dot Wow Learning Lab at Gmail. I wanted it just inserted here. I was feeling the energy off of it and I'm thinking it only takes one person, right? So <laughs> whoever you are out there, thank you. Make that phone call right now. I feel like I'm on a telethon. All right. Call Judy, right? <laughs> Wait, the phones are ringing. That's oh, no. <laughs> funny. Okay. So let's pivot a little bit if we can. Sure. All right. Our listeners are entrepreneurs. They want to start a business or they, maybe they just started one. Let's give them something that they can take to the bank. I've got the Perfect thing, Russ. I knew you so, would. So, you know, I, I love business. I've raised millions in my life. I've had for-profit, non-profit. Um, I love the franchise model. I've written a book. It is called uh, Romancing the Future. And I wrote it real time as I was launching my business. I raised almost $2 million to launch my business at the Hollywood Highland Center. It was an enrichment program for kids called Cosmic Kids. I wrote a book. It's chock full of business principles. It shows you how I raised the monies. It showed you how I set my intentions. It showed you how I managed my, my team of people. Yeah. And if we the, the first five people that get in touch with you, I will send them the book free, wow. Romancing the Future. And I also have a private masterclass for the next five people. I will give your listeners free access to my masterclass um, on um, YouTube. So that's wonderful. So they can they contact you and mention the podcast? Would that be uh, sufficient? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First five people Let's do will that. get the book and the first five people will get access to the, the um, masterclass. Oh, that's great. All right. Um, let's go to that book, Romancing the Future. Uh, setting yes. your intentions. Uh, what are what are a couple? What are a couple of the foundational uh, elements that you would suggest? Is setting your intentions, or do we need to go backwards a little bit and or even deeper? Do we need to go to values? Do we need to go to your why? Well, of course, the why is is the is the cornerstone aspect of yeah. you know Simon Siddick. What, what why are you doing this, and and who are you doing it for? Is it for yourself, your parents, your inner guidance, your children, the world? Um, so yes, the, I, I start with the why. Um, every day, though, especially during our meetings and plannings, I set intentions at the beginning because that really sets. It's an intention-based business. It's it's really about as we speak, we create. Especially when we mix that with emotion, it's powerful. Yes, and everything's energy. Every, everything is energy. Everything is frequency. So let's begin to look at our businesses as energy and frequency transmitters and build upon that. So, um, and also for me, depending upon who your business is for, mine is for education. I always have the youth involved. Uh, even yeah. the, the young, the, the youngest of kids, they have brilliant minds and look to them for innovation in your businesses. And of course, here's another great thing about business plans. I've probably written, I could probably wallpaper my condominium with my oh. business plans that I've written. They're important, but <laughs> they're more important. <laughs> I understand, but they're more important for the process of them because they're yeah. always going to change. Yeah. And even your financials. I love numbers. As wildly creative as I am and a, and a futurist and a visionary, I still love crunching out numbers and seeing if it makes sense. But even when you're doing numbers, it's all about frequency. So make sure that your your why is solid, that your intentions are pure, and that you follow your intuition. Because in these days and times, it's not necessarily what things look like. You might think I've got to be have a benchmark of making you have this many sales or these many new clients. Let's rewind and re-unpack that a little bit about 
Why do you want that? And what if you had one client, as you just said, someone might be listening to this, you only need one person and it might not go the route that you think it is. So you've got to be supremely flexible and fluid in what your outcomes are, because you might miss something that is a a diamond in the rough to take you to that next level that you might not even know about yet. I love it. Um, I, I just love talking with you, Judy. Uh, I hope that um, our conversation so far has provided some value for our listeners. I, we kind of bounced around quite a bit. We did start to concentrate a little bit on some actual actionable items for our uh, entrepreneurs and our future business owners. You recommended Romancing the Future that had all of those in it. You mentioned something else in there that might be foundational for them. So we talked about your why, and um, uh, maybe you could talk briefly about setting intentions. Yeah, that's a big one for me, intention setting. I want to go back to this because so many people are on a path and they've got their goals in mind. And yes, that's important to have them. It's important to visualize. It's important to set intentions. I want to highlight, though, it might not turn out the way you think it will. And and rather than get this is a key one, rather than get disappointed, relax your understanding of what it needs to look like to be success to you. And because over the years, you know, I've, I've raised millions, I've lost millions, I've got, you know, funders, I've got nonprofits. Uh, Ultimately, what it comes down to is what is your why? My why was impacting the way we educate nourish and parent our youth in powerful and positive ways. That might not translate right away into a multi-million dollar, highly successful franchised business. I I can say over the years that I've impacted positively over 30,000 youth and their parents from around the world. Now that to me is important. And based on what I've learned and gleaned over all these years, perhaps now I can come when the world's ready for it to be able to offer these things in, in, a, in a compensation model and a business model and a sustainable, scalable business model that will be around the world. But it wasn't what I was thinking of in the uh, you know 19, late 1980s. Yeah. Um, and certainly in when I launched my business at the Chopra Center in Carlsbad, California in 2003. But it's but it's all it's always been about the why for me, and yes. I have succeeded tremendously along those lines. Yeah, and when I talk to people about the why, it's so important. I have it in my sales training. It's in my uh, 10 Essential Superpowers. Is I describe it as the source of all of the power that you need to fuel all of your activities and all of your skills. And, and, and if you really find it, if you really tap into your why, it's a, a never-ending source of that that fuel, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very powerful. Not everybody is necessarily in the pursuit of money. Like you said, right. The, the money may not be part of the why it may be, um, a result of whatever activities that you undertake, or it may not, but in any, but either way, you're going to be happy and fulfilled, hopefully joyful, uh, as opposed to just temporary happiness, right? Like a life of joy. That's kind of the goal, really. And if you think, well, I want to be a business owner, well, maybe you do and maybe you don't. But if you do the work, then you'll know and you'll hopefully get yourself on the right track. You know, Russ, I think long gone are the days of work, 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 succeed, succeed, money, 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 um, buy big things, big homes. I mean, you know, that's certainly fine and certainly, you know, commendable. But if you do it at the expense of your family life, you, what's, yes. what's really important to you, and to also realize your why may change, yeah. and that's okay. So I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me is is to be, we, we call it pivot, which is yes. hugely important because yeah. the world's changing so much, but I'd like to take that pivot and make it a little more fluid. Be a little fluid with your mm. uh, what you adhere to and hold on to, and your because your why could can be fluid. And um, do we have another what, word what, for that? What could, what other word could we use instead of pivot? Do we have a fluidy? Do we have a fluidy pivot word? I'd love what to think of that. I it'd be, it'd be coin, a nice word to come up with. We should coin one. You you should coin one absolutely. <laughs> I got enough to do. <laughs> I I hear you. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Um, there are so many cautionary tales of people who have not paid attention to what their why is or was. So you're looking at people who built up a huge, a huge portfolio, uh, let's say, of investments. And then when a stock market crashed, um, they killed themselves. 
because mm-hmm. their life was wrapped up in the value of their portfolio. You're talking about artists, um, musicians, and actors who have reached great heights, who have gotten amazing accolades for their work, who have committed suicide or have horrible drug problems or other physical ailments as a result of not taking care of themselves or being so unhappy that that unhappiness just like corroded them physically, emotionally, every in every way. You're also there are also other cautionary tales. That person who spent 30 plus years working for a corporation only to have the company go bankrupt and have their investments, uh, their retirement or whatever, be virtually worthless when they needed it most or get downsized, fired right before they were ready to collect. There are so many examples. Absolutely. And here we're going to take a nice full circle. We're going to bring this up and tie it up in a beautiful red ribbon. I love this. I love you, Judy. Tie it up. (laughs) When you talk about all these cautionary tales, it's an inside job. Everything that you've talked about, and this is going to be time. I'm going to come right back because this is what, from the moment a child is born until they go to grade school, middle school, high school, college. It's an inside job because the the kids are like sponges. They're soaking up from their parents. When the parents are, um, haven't done the inner work to build that inner strength of, of, of confidence and courage and capacity and kindness. Um, the, the children are learning that the whole time. And then when they get to be that person, that's the entrepreneur that's doing the business, that's, that's the artist that has built this great fortune or they lose it all. If they don't have that inner scaffolding, the inner compassion and courage and confidence and resiliency. Those are the things that we need to be teaching in schools. Those are the things that the corporations will hire for. Those are the things that will help the entrepreneurs through good times and bad times. And when they do reach that success, they're going to know why they did it. It's whatever their why is. And when that resonates solidly, they will be happy no matter what happens. When things go, you know, when, when yes. babies are learning to walk, they they get up, they fall down. They get up, they fall down. They don't get depressed and they just keep doing it. Yeah, It's resiliency. So that's the thing, the, the thing that's going to help our entrepreneurs and our businesses succeed today beyond anything that happens, changes in the, you know, what's going on with the, with the world, things can happen. It's, it's, it's a challenging, uncertain world. But if you can go with the flow and pivot as we're talking about and know that no matter what happens outside, your inside is strong and heart-centered and really, really able to weather whatever's out there because it doesn't really matter what it, it's an inside job. I love it, Judy. And what you're saying is so true and I can identify with it. I've literally never been happier in my whole life than I am right now <laughs> through everything that's happened, personal stuff, you know, health things. Um, we've had a hundred year flood and a 500 year flood here. I've survived, literally flown in a tornado and lived. Uh, gosh, the, pand- the pandemic, everything, business crashing, you know, for in 2020 and having to, like you said, pivot or whatever the fluid pivot is that I did. I would figure that out. It, you are speaking the truth. It is amazing. All right. Our energy is up. People are excited about Judy. Now tell them how to reach you. All right. I know we mentioned it earlier, but now give them give them the links that you want, the phone numbers that you want, because this is, this is where they're going to be looking normally at the end here. Awesome. So follow me on LinkedIn, Judy Julen, YouTube, Judy Julen. I'm on Facebook, same name. Our company, wowlearninglab.com, we're repackaging, rebranding, and relaunching it. So that's going to be probably about another two or three weeks. But in the meantime, you can email me, judy.wowlearninglab at gmail.com. And I'm in Santa Monica, California. My phone number is 760-579-2568. You can also schedule a Calendly strategy session with me, Judy Julen. Oh, and listeners, please do that. If you have any questions for Judy or you want to talk to her about this, if you've had some experiences that you're familiar with, um, maybe you're an educator, maybe you want to get a program into your school, this would be an amazing opportunity. Do it right now while you're listening. Pull over if you're driving, (laughs) right? If you're you're home doing something else, stop, pick up the phone and make the call. (laughs) 
I feel, again, I feel like I'm on the telethon, but I hope someone calls. Uh, <laughs> it'll be awesome. So uh, thank you, Judy. I really appreciate it, but we're not done yet. It is now time for the questions. All right. Are you game for this? Absolutely. All right. Stand by. It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. Okay, it is time for the questions. Judy has been an amazing guest so far. Her energy is just really cool. I just love guests with this kind of energy. And now we're going to get to learn about her a little more. We're going to find out some more personal kinds of things. We're going to dig into her brain a little bit. If you could have a conversation with any person dead or alive, any famous person, who would it be and what would you talk about? Mm. That's a good one because so many things have been changing for me lately um, and the people that I might have wanted to talk to. I think, um, you know, now, now that I think of it, I think it's Nikola Tesla because oh. I'm, I'm, I really, I, I think we're on the precipice of a quantum shift in our world. And um, I'd like to talk to him about, um, you know, when someone was so far ahead of their time, what was it like emotionally for him when you talk about, you know, resilience or a world that wasn't ready for you? Because I, I kind of feel like that myself sometimes because oh, I was yeah. singing this song back in the 80s and now finally people are saying, oh, this is important, you know. But I, th I think it would be uh, Tesla. And I think... I think we're going to, and that might just, you know, dovetail into Elon Musk um, because I love cars and I, yeah. and I love, I love technology. So I, I saw his, his latest, um, I guess it's a truck or a Jeep and it just looked like something from the Jetsons. So that was fantastic. I was driving down PCH and he was parked outside of uh, Nobu, which is a really cool restaurant. So I'd say uh, if I could take two, I'd say Nikola Tesla and then Elon Musk plus Elon Musk's mother is a supermodel and she's beautiful. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, <laughs> Elon Musk is my is my I think my number one. You know, I've mentioned that before. So, in fact, mm -hmm. I stole I stole a picture of his uh, spaceman um, orbiting in his uh, sports car, and I've stuck myself in there. And it's I don't know. I use it as a awesome. <laughs> I use it as a banner on I don't know what Facebook one of my Facebook pages I think my Facebook awesome. site. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So poor poor Nicholas Tesla. He got a bad rap. Um, he got overwhelmed by um, a person who maybe wasn't quite as smart as him, maybe, but was a better businessman. Or at least that's what we've been. That's what we've been told, told anyways. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So, okay, awesome. All right, question number two. Surprisingly enough, I guess I'll go ahead and read it anyways. Um, if you rode Elon Musk's rocket to Mars, never to return again, what is the one most important personal item that you would take with you? So this is beyond, beyond food and clothing and, you know, personal toiletries and that sort of thing. That's a good question. I didn't know uh, you were going to say the, Elon, by the way, either. This is just coincidental, I guess, or yeah, divine intervention or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love the Jetsons. I've always loved the Jetsons. What per, one personal item? This is probably what you probably wouldn't expect, but um, I've always loved stuffed animals. And I had them when I was younger. I, I just love them. I, 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 so I'd probably take a, one of my stuffed animals with me. I have a bunny that's called Flopsy. So I'd probably take Flopsy with me. Now, how long have you had Flopsy? Uh, mm, 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 probably like four or five years. Oh, okay. So Flopsy is fairly new to the family. Flopsy is not um, from when you were little. Oh, no. Well, I'll tell you why I got Flopsy because I have another one that was, just, it's like someone gave me, I had hip surgery a number of years ago. They brought me this um, angel bear in, in my bed and, you know, with this hospital. So I loved it and it's been so old. And I thought, Oh, I better start getting somebody to replace this one. Cause it's getting old. And I, and yeah. so now I have two. So it's like, you know, I, I got to <laughs> stop this at some point in my life, but I would take my stuffed animal too. <laughs> so you're showing, fa you're Mars. showing favorites now with the angel bear uh, versus uh, Flopsy. Well, they're both around. So, so I, you know, I, and I just can't right. get another one because I've already, that didn't work. So if you take the stuffing out, you could take them both. How's that sound? Oh, okay. You can re that makes re me a little sad to think about that. But you that's can restuff okay. them Don't. when you get to Mars. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I know, uh, I know an adult woman who has, um, the same little dog, Graham Cracker from when, oh, what a cute name. when she was a baby, when she was little and Graham Cracker oh. has never been washed. And will never be allowed to be washed. There's, 
in- something interesting going on there psychologically. I'm not sure what it Very is. Very sweet. Yeah. But, well, uh, well, if you have a stuffed animal, it's 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 you know it's got you it's got your essence in it. Yes. So I, I can I can totally appreciate that. And when I was younger, I always felt that my stuffed animals and i had many of them that they were they were real you know they had feelings yeah so that's that that, story (laughs) that may be part of it too i'm not sure all right now this one is this one is actually a coaching question so in my practice i have some you know very uh very specific questions i like to ask that really help people uh explore and so if you're game uh judy would you be willing to do a coaching question sure okay Think of your one most important goal that you've not yet achieved. All right. What is the one obstacle that looms the largest that is preventing you from reaching that goal? I'm sure you've already done this work, but this is this is great for our listeners. Oh, it's great. Um, it's a great question. And it's interesting because, <clears throat> and we will hearken back to our previous conversation about Elon, or no, Tesla. Yeah. I was I was someone as a visionary who was ahead of my time, and the world wasn't ready for what I had to offer yet. The educational system wasn't ready. The parents weren't ready. Nobody was ready. Although I was able to achieve success and raise money, and um, and the thing is, though, I have been gifted with a resiliency that is really incredible. So I've been able. What, what was in the way was not so much with, within me, but the world wasn't ready for it yet. And so that's another big thing for your uh, clients and, and entrepreneurs is you can't give up. You must continue if it feels right to continue to do so. Yeah. So I think I, I think that for me, what stood in the way was the world wasn't ready for it. But I've been blessed with um, a, a, a dogged determination and um, that I that I don't give up. So because it's something that is it's the very blood in my veins. I mean, my sister said, Judy, you've never had kids. You've never been an educator. You've never even babysat. Why the hell do you keep doing this after all these years? And I said, it's the very blood in my veins. And I've been given certain, I think, incredible capacities to be able to continue to do this and to and, uh, inspire people to see the importance of it. Well, that's really interesting. And I, I certainly can identify with that as well. The resiliency is interesting. Um, I've learned a little bit. I've had a little more insight into it recently because I feel as you do, I feel like I've never really been able to achieve the the impact that I felt like I could, I could achieve. And I think part of that might be that I'm moving the goalposts and I'm also changing the goalposts as I, Uh as I live. Right. But, um, I see so many people give up. And one of the things that successful people say is if there's one thing that is the one, uh, trait that you need to have above everything else, You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the most creative, right? You don't have to be the tallest or the shortest. You have to be the one that never gives up. And they, and that's like a universal statement from anybody who's ever achieved anything. And I've been thinking about this and people like you and like me, there's something in there. And I think it's our I've learned a little bit more about how our brains actually function. And I think that we've either figured out a way or stumbled onto, or maybe just the way our strange brains are wired, is that we get those continuous endorphin hits just by doing, right? By just like our mm-hmm. success is almost is almost the process. We, do, we still have the goals. We still want to get there. If we get there, we're going to have another one. And it's not because we're not satisfied. It's because our joy is the process. Absolutely. Right? So we get, like, our big endorphin hit isn't the final goal. It almost could almost be uh, uh, anticlimactic, maybe. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? What, what do you think about that? Have you been able to identify what that resiliency is connected to your why, or is there some other intangible thing? Because I haven't been able to really connect it to anything. Well, I find um, I have a pretty strong um, spiritual practice. And a long time meditator and um, okay. uh, a, a very rich, deep inner life. So I think that what affords me a sense of resiliency is to surround myself with um, like-minded people. Not to say that I don't like other ways of thinking, but yeah. when I need nourished, I mean, of, of course I get disappointed. Of course I get frustrated. Of course I get angry. Um, but it's what I do in those moments. And do I, I, I can reach for a book 
I can um, be with a friend. I can see an inspiring movie to remind me what my why is, mm. to remind me it's about the kids, to remind me that I have, I feel, been endowed with special capacities to be the one to do it. Yeah. I mean, there's other people doing things, but I know what my mission is. I know why I'm here. And I think that's what I want to do in the educational process is to match kids with their special purpose and aim earlier in life so we can guide their education along. Can you imagine the future that they would have? You can't see me, but my hands are in the air. Aww. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Judy, thank you so much for spending your time with us. I hope the listeners found something of value in there. I know that there was a ton in there. We just want to connect with the right people to get those, whatever those, those nuggets are, right? So there's that one person out there, there's two people, three people, a thousand people. There's a nugget in there for everybody. If they're uh, an entrepreneur, if they are an aspiring business owner, if they're an educator. We've, we've branched out a little today to getting more into the educational system. So thank you very much. I hope that we can uh, stay connected somehow. And I'm going to look forward to seeing more of your YouTube videos and learning more about lots of different things. Listeners, please uh, get in touch with Judy. We're out. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode, and it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.